Welcome to the Soul Stories podcast series with Michelle Ann, where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Grab a cuppa and join me in a heart-filling journey of self-discovery, where my guests will share how they overcame adversity, embraced their spirituality, and allowed their true light to shine. Looking for inspiration, guidance, and tips to find your true passion and purpose? You are definitely in the right spot. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Soul Stories podcast series. I'm your host, Michelle Ann, and today we are actually up to episode 31, and I'd like to introduce our next guest to you. Her name is Anne McEwen, and I met her recently at a business course that I was doing with Dale Beaumont, Business Blueprint, and we had round tables set up that we got to go and speak to experts at the end of the course and basically pick their brains for all their knowledge in their field. And Anne was at a table and my sister and I saw it and she was speaking on that day about families and how to basically run a business and be a mom at the same time. And so obviously we were really drawn to that, Anne, and we went across to your table and some of the tips and tricks you gave to me that day was absolutely life-changing and I'll explain that in a little bit. Um, So Anne is, a, as I said, a women's coach specialising in mums and I'll hand over to you just, would you like to tell the listeners just a little bit about your business and then I'd love to um, talk about quickly my experience with what you taught me and then we'll get into how you basically came to have that content in front of us because I'm assuming what we learned was something that you have learned firsthand. So you were a mum and you're sharing your experience. So I'll hand you over to Anne and she'll tell you a little bit about her business and then we'll go from there. So thanks for being with us, Anne. Oh, thank you, Michelle. It's I'm really excited actually. Isn't it lovely how the universe works? And uh, yeah, you're right. We kind of um, Met, met at a business conference and that's something that's really close to my heart seeing women helping women and that's basically what my business is all about it's called 2m power coaching and it's the number two with a capital m and the two m's are my daughters madison megan and part of the reason i started the business was to be a good role model for them and um, i was actually Uh, struggling in my own life and looking for support and I've actually got a coaching background I used to coach sales teams for BP Oil in the UK and I realized through that that the, the, the difference between the people that were successful and happy and the people that weren't all came down to their mindset And that sent me on the path of learning NLP back in the 90s. I'm a bit of an old girl. (laughs) Um, Neuro-linguistic programming. And all through the 2000s, I studied positive psychology, just really for my own personal benefit. Um, I I worked in a high school for a while, uh, working with teenagers who were struggling with what's life all about, what's my purpose, particularly if they weren't naturally academic Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I came to Australia I was thinking what can I do here and I didn't work for a number of years I was just uh, I did volunteering and um, buying the house the dog the trampoline all the things you do when your kids are young Mm -hmm. Um, and then I kind of hit 50 and was like what am I going to do Um, and so I'm a great believer in that if something's missing in your life, make that your mission, make that the thing that, and for me, it was missing having a community of women where we weren't just bitching at school gates, you know, we could really make a positive difference. Nicely put. And when I got caught up in that, I I was really good at it. You know, I mean, I really wanted to belong to that circle. And, and, and so I, I, I became the negativity rubbed off on me and then I was passing it and I, that ripple effect that our behavior can have. And I just knew I needed to do something to stop that because I wasn't actually happy in that environment. And so I set up a meetup group um, because I thought if I want to, it was actually a friend that challenged me and she said, well, you keep going on about there not being anything. Why don't you start something? Oh, good friend to have. <laughs> oh no, really? And all the same fears of, well, I don't know if anyone will come and what have I got to offer and what have I got to say? And I mean, this was at a time when I was quite low in my own life and journey. Mm. Anyway, I started this meetup and basically was sharing tools and techniques and things I'd learned over the years. And then some of the women said to me, we don't want to share everything 
in a big group. Can you help me one-on-one? And I was like, yeah, sure. So they'd come to the house and sit on the sofa and I wouldn't charge very much for an hour's consultation and bit of coaching. And my business just grew from there. Sorry, that was a long story. As to about no, my- this is great. Yeah, I love it. It just organically grew. I didn't actually set out to have a business. And in fact, if someone had said to me, you should start a business, I would be like, I don't know anything about tax. I don't know anything about employing people. I don't know anything. The word business, mm-hmm. it's funny the impact language can have on us, but the word business would have sent me running to the hills. <laughs> me too, and me too. Isn't that funny? We're very similar. It's funny because my daughters are also M's as well. Two daughters, Mila and Macy. Oh, look, so much in common. How beautiful is that? Yeah, both mums running businesses. Yeah, I didn't even know what business was either. I was actually a police officer for 23 years and I had a psychic tell me many, many years ago um, when I was working full-time in the police with no children at that stage um, that I'd be coaching, teaching women how to run businesses. And I was like, well, this is a shit psychic. (laughs) absolutely because I was like not a chance in hell I didn't even know like you I didn't know anything about business no tax or nothing my my parents were never entrepreneurs my mum um yeah just dad was working oh they did so well for our family dad was a Telstra linesman they worked so hard um and mum worked for Medicare so they weren't in their own businesses they weren't entrepreneurs I didn't know anything about all that side of things (laughs) just teach yourself isn't it really yes But also, I think sometimes we can scare ourselves. And this is where the mindset stuff comes in, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Where the thought of being a business owner, there's just no way. But because I was gradually helping women and I actually was helping me, Mm -hmm. I started to love it. I started to feel, oh, my goodness, I found my purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, um, It's a win-win it, the, the I started charging that was another thing you know asking for money and and mm-hmm. coming up with the business name and all those kind of things but because it happened gradually and um, I was actually able to embrace it step by step yeah. and I look back now and I think gosh I can't believe how much I've achieved but at the time it was it was a nice easing of process and so basically what happened was I started working with these women one-on-one um, and then I was reaching out through marketing. I was getting women in Perth and Queensland and whatever. So I started to do coaching calls on Zoom way before lockdown, way before Zoom became a big thing with everybody because this is my seventh year in business now. Wow. And um, so then I started to realize I could have quite an international, national or international, depending on what hours you're willing to work, um, business. And and that opened something, another door for me. Um, I started to get speaking engagements, particularly around um, like International Women's Day and Mm -hmm. periods like that, where it focuses on women and empowering women. And so then I started to work with women in leadership roles. Companies actually want women in leadership a lot yeah. of them, they say to me, the women doubt themselves, they second guess themselves. The guys are banging down the door and the women go, no, I'm not sure, because we want to make sure that we are really qualified and whatever before we'll take it on. Yes. Um, and it's just a lack of confidence and or a lack of self-belief because maybe some of it's innate that we are the, the nurturer, the giver, the carer. Some of it's societal and mm-hmm. um, some of it is that we're less competitive and more collaborative maybe than our male counterparts. But all of that brought in together. And I just thought I was in that same trap as well, because I kind of looked to my husband to be the one that that was the go getter. And, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until I realized how frustrated I was with my life that I realized I'd lost my identity. Mm-hmm. And I had given up, I'd given up my power, basically. Um, I had given up my career and, and I chose all of that. There's no blame or shame with anyone. I mean, there was, there was at the time. <laughs> I used to say to my husband, I feel like Cinderella. I'm the only one that does the cooking and the cleaning. And, and then when I hit menopause and I said, well, you know what? Cinderella now wants to go to the ball. <laughs> I'm going to have fun and God love him. He just didn't know what had hit him. 
I love that. <laughs> Cinderella wants to go to the ball. That's, yeah. the best That's a quote. You need to quote that. Get that out on social media. <laughs> and it was like, you know what, now it's it's my turn. It's, you know, and um, so I was able to see in other women um, that we do that to ourselves yeah. and the different influences. And so now I also work with women who are either in leadership mm-hmm. and want to step up to the next level. You know, I even have women on boards and they'll talk to me and they'll say, you know what, Anne, I don't have anyone else that I can talk to because I can't show my vulnerability. They think I'm too emotional if I get upset about a situation. I can't show I'm too stressed because then they think you can't cope. I can't talk about the kids being sick because then it's like, well, you're here to do a job. Um, and they're just desperate for somebody to be a sounding board, a bit of feedback, a bit of belief mm-hmm. in them, to help them believe in themselves. Um, and so that's other um, irons in the fire, I suppose, or, or avenues of my business. So it's, mm. you know, it's women in life. It's women that are in business and it's women in, in corporations. Wow. Um, I love all those streams. Again, very similar to our business. That's probably why we connected so well yeah. because we do the similar. We have energetics of life and then we do the energetics of business and, and we do work with, yeah, corporate or executive women that are really quite successful but yes. missing something in their life. They're yeah. unhappy in one part. For that, yeah. they, they don't have the sounding board or they don't know how to share their vulnerabilities and it takes a special person like you to allow that, to allow them to feel safe to share that type of thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, lives are doing the same. And it's, and it's when we've gone through our own journey and found tools that work, don't you find you're just like, oh my God, I've got to tell other women about this because this is just like, I've, I've managed to, to turn things around. And I, my husband and my kids, they didn't want anything to change because life was lovely for them when I was Cinderella. <laughs> I can imagine. Apart from the fact that I was a bit of a martyr, I mean, I would, I would be going about going, oh, moaning and complaining, and you know, and I realised that now I actually wasn't very pleasant. I didn't like me, so I was not surprising that other people didn't like me. <laughs> it's hard when kids are little. I'm, I'm in the thick of it at the moment. Mine's nine and six, and some days, especially because I'm split with my my partner, so I do my yeah. half and pretty much half and half, but my half's by myself. Um, And when they leave, I think, oh, my God, I wasn't a very nice person. Like, it's just the constant, it's like work. There's no fun mum around. Yes, They've just got to get stuff done. If you need the house to be running a smoothie, especially when you're running a full-time business and you're by yourself and you've got two little ones, it's it's full on. And that's why I was really drawn to you because obviously your table where we went to was talking about, you know, balancing family and business life, um, which I do think I do pretty well. But there was, I was struggling with my um, nine-year-old. She was having these massive meltdowns and, and like full anxiety and 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 getting really angry at me and attack, like spitting poison is what the word I would say. I'd go, good morning, darling. And it'd be like, Bleh! And I'm thinking, and I was at really breaking point when I saw you. I didn't think I mentioned it to you, but you... No, you really shared some tips that day that really, it just changed my whole family dynamic. And I wanted to share that with you. And I haven't told you I was going to do it on the podcast so you could hear it live. But um, it was beautiful because one of the things that Anne talked about that day was the family meeting yeah. and making sure that the kids are going to make me emotional because it's just it's been such a big thing for us, that the kids are feeling listened to and heard. And I had this big aha moment and I was like, oh, my God. I don't listen to my kids and I'm screaming at them constantly. You're not listening to me. And that's been, then I realized after your thing that, wow, they're not listening to me because I'm not listening to them because and I'm not beating myself up about it. Well, I was, but because I'm so busy, like I'm, I'm doing too much. So I wasn't allowing myself time to listen. Yeah. So you suggested the team meetings um, and straight away, the first thing I did when I got back was say, right, we're going to do these team meetings. And my eldest who's having these meltdowns is very responsible little thing. She loves to do things she's a lot like me and once at the team meetings her eyes lit up and she got the laptop out and she's done the minutes so she uh we decided to name our family because one of the tips and I might get you to run through the whole thing but one of the tips Anne suggested was letting the kids name your family so we're now fit family 
So it's funny. I don't know. Hang on, I'll show you. Nobody's listening. Anyone that's listening is not going to see hear this. See this? But just for Anne, so we've got a protein and it's called Fit Family Fit Family Protein. So my sister- I bought it. Oh, yeah, you got some. I bought oh. some and I'm drinking. But that, because that's one of the things that came up, because I said, name your family. So are you the happy family, the adventurous family, the fit family? And then you said- that's right. That's the name of our product. <laughs> and and my I didn't say that to my daughter, but she came up with that. She said, That's "Oh, fantastic family." Because yeah. I work out every morning here behind me, and they sometimes jump in with me. And I'm always talking about health, as in we're fit. We're not. I'm not. I never talk about weight or being fat or anything. It's always like we exercise and we eat good food, so we are healthy and we have energy. So that's rubbed off. So that was great. So she called us fit family, and then she. We did the meeting exactly, and I'll get you to explain what all the bits were. But one of the biggest things was, um, what can you do to make the family run smoother? And and I said, this is I've got so much on. I'm trying to think of everything. And she said, I want to help. Can I order the groceries? And I was like, we do on online, and she's very au fait on the computer. And I thought it's one of the stressful things. And I'm like, you know what? Yes, you can. I said, but the beautiful thing was that led into then having to say, okay, we're ordering groceries. Firstly, we need to know what we got. Got on next week. So I pulled my calendar up and that was a game changer because I showed in my calendar and I showed it was school holidays. And I said, now this school holidays, see how mommy's got this booked in the calendar. I'm going to have to move that and find, and then this day and I've got a podcast here and you've got you two girls here. So tomorrow, and it was really good for them to see one, the expectation of what was coming. So that was a big one. And then the next morning I had this podcast to do. So nine o'clock in the morning, tomorrow morning, when I say to you girls, you have to be quiet, see why? Yep. Well, they were perfect all week because they knew what was going on. And then I wrote it all out on a timetable, typed it all up. We put it on the fridge so they could see what was going on, where I was, what I had on, what they, where they fit in. And then she said, can I have a little friend's visit over on Saturday? So I looked, I said, yes, we can fit that in. And then now I see what's what I have to do now. I have to message the mum. And she's like big eyes, like because they don't have any idea what goes on behind the scenes. And she was like, she's Chloe. She's a very smart little thing and she could see. And I said, so let's now plan out our dinners, which wasn't part of the plan, but it worked. So we went because she wanted to do the grocery. So we planned out all the dinners and we could see when I had them and when they were with the dad. And then she said she had friends. Well, can we get pizza and hot dogs, which I said, oh, oh, yes, but yeah, okay, put them. And then I said, you have a, a, a budget of what, $150 or something, not just for her stuff, for the grocery bill for that week because we do uh, other stuff separate. And so she got on there and ordered it all. Fantastic. And she said, I'm a little bit over, Mum. I said, well, you best take something out. She said, the dog doesn't need that much dog food. Fantastic. So <laughs> she's doing decision-making. She's, mm-hmm. she's There's planning in that. There's mm-hmm communication I mean that's the thing about it that they learn so many skills but can I say one thing to you Michelle is that you went home and did it and Mm. the difference like and you'll remember at that table I mean it was a pretty full table and it was all women which again we laughed about didn't we because there weren't men looking at how to balance family life because usually the women that pick up the pieces um, but the third thing is you can be given information, but if you don't then go home and put it into practice, nothing changes. Mm. Yeah. Well, she's changed. Her behaviours flipped on its head. She's mm. like another child. Because she's part of the decision making. Yeah. She feels yeah. she belongs to the family. Yeah. She's got a say in the family and you're listening to her. Yes. And she's like, you're the best mum ever. And I'm like, oh, who are you? Yeah. She, and now oh. she reminds me about the groceries. She says, Mummy, it's time to order groceries. Oh, see, that's just fantastic. And even sitting here, because we were doing it in front of the computer, and I, she said, we, she went to order. We, I said, do we, I had chicken on the list. I said, I think we've got some chicken in. I'll just order. I said, no, there's probably chicken in the freezer. And she's like, oh, like I have to get up and go check. And I said, yeah, welcome to my world. This is what I do every week. And she's like, oh, and went and checked. But then when the groceries arrived, because she felt like she was now in charge of that task, she then went and they grocery, mommy, mommy, let me do it. So she, her, and it was school holidays, her and her sister came out, picked all the groceries up, took them inside, unpacked them because I've teach them. I teach them where everything goes in the containers and the whole thing was unpacked and done. And this has gone on for a couple of weeks now and, it, and oh. we have the meeting in the schedule in the calendar. Oh, She's, music to my ears. It yeah. really yes. so I thought you'd love it. Oh, I'm so thrilled. So mm. thrilled. That's, that is just great. 
And it's helped. So do you want to, um, so I, t- I touched a little bit on the meeting. Do you want to tell the listeners the general, the rest of how the meeting yeah, runs? Yeah, well, basically how I came about it, um, I wish I could say it was my idea, but it wasn't. It was by the, the beautiful Stephen Covey. Um, he's, you've probably heard of his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. Yes. And all through my early training, I read all of his, that stuff. He brought out one called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families. And what was happening with us here was I hadn't worked, as I mentioned. My kids were now at high school, so yours are doing so well for being so little. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't do my business and my meetup and my coaching because of what you I just didn't have the time or the energy. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, guys, unless you help me, and of course, I had never early on asked them to help because I was at home doing it all. Mm. And then I started to become resentful and feeling that I was wasting my skills and I had more to give. So using that book, one of the things that he mentioned was family meetings. Cause he said, how many times do you have a business meeting? Mm-hmm. How many times if somebody from work sends you an email or a text or a phone call, you pick it up, you deal with it right away. But in the family if someone speaks or asks for something or we're like, yeah, later, whatever, we push them aside. So the idea was once a week to have a family meeting where you say, and the first thing was, you know, call yourself whatever type of family and make it fun. The idea is that kids then want to do it. It's not so you can sit and have a a long list of to-dos for them. No. Because they just won't come the following. No. They love it. I get in trouble if it's, oh, it's running late. It's family meeting and we're half an hour late. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's great. And then it's about um, them realising that not you as the parent does everything, but they need to contribute as well. So it's like, what do each of you need from the family, not from me, but from the family this week? And, you know, they'll say, oh, I need to take into netball training or I need help with homework or I need money for lunch or whatever. And then but then it gets to mum's turn and they, and then it's like, mum, what do you need from the family this week? That was revolutionary for me. Mm. I was like, oh, my God, this is the question that I've wanted to ask forever. Mm. And I was like, you know what, guys, even if you could just take one dish from the table and rinse it and put it in the dishwasher every night that Mm. would be heaven and Mm. they're like okay we can do that so and then it was each person you asked what can you contribute to the family this week and that's what your daughter's doing Mm. it's wonderful and my girls did the same they were like oh mom you know we can take the dog for a walk or we can they started to do groceries and things as well and we actually because mine were older we drew up a roster for uh, cooking because I was cooking six nights a week. That's great. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of it. I've been cooking for 20 years for this family and I've had enough. And so I got HelloFresh delivered. So there was a recipe, there was the ingredients. And I and I could afford to do that because I was making money now. So as you're earning money, then you can start to pay for a cleaner or yeah. food delivery. or And that's the beauty of it, that you can then start to put your time into the things that you enjoy doing and put your money into the things that you don't enjoy doing Um, and so they all stepped up and to be even my husband did as well you know I mean initially he was like I'm not cooking anymore he doesn't even do barbecues I mean so he's not even got that Aussie doing a barbecue thing and but even he started to you know because I said to him well we're the role models and if you're not going to do it then the kids are not going to do it and so he started to do it as well. And it was a life changer for me because then there was three nights a week when oh. I didn't need to cook and I could be working away till whatever time. We did the same as you where we set up the calendar, who's doing what when. Yeah. Um, and because I would go around going, oh, so I'm the taxi driver and the nurse and the cook and the cleaner and the, but I was really moaning about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd say to them, I can't come and pick you up you know, is, can you get the bus? I mean, they were like 15 and 16 by this stage. And they now say to me, Michelle, and this is the beauty of it. One, that they are so independent. Mm-hmm. They, when they live, live with friends, they are really good at contributing. You know, they'll now have like a, 
friends, roommates dinner or roommates TV night or whatever. They talk about putting out the bins. They talk about, so they'll take those skills into relationships with them. They know the city like the back of their hand, my girls. They go everywhere on public transport. They never ask now to be picked up or, and they're old enough now and earning if they need to jump an Uber, they will, but they never expect us to just go and pick them up. Yeah. And they, they've just matured and yeah. grown up. And you know what the best thing of all is? They now say, mum, we're so proud of you. Oh, wow. And I say to them, but I couldn't have done it if you hadn't supported me if you hadn't stepped up and yeah um i'm crying here (laughs) it's a really emotional topic it is because you just want to do the best you can for your children you want to be a a good role model but you kind of are day-to-day just struggle yeah you're surviving and you think you're doing the best you can and you are doing the best you can in that moment but it never feels enough and it never looks like it's doing the right thing I mean we've had lots of arguments I mean I'm I'm saying now this is my seventh year in business if I was to go back seven years and I had just hit 50 I was going through the menopause I hated everybody and everything I wanted to divorce my husband and the kids I wanted to go back home to my family I mean honestly Cinderella's had enough (laughs) I'd really just lost myself yeah um, and and it's been a it's been a up and down, you know. It's not all been a bed of roses, and it's easy now to sit and look back and go, "Oh my God!" And yeah. I, um, but I'm sharing that to give you and your listeners faith in yourselves because that whole routine is really the the secret to success in family, in business, in our health and wellness, as you know. And that just consistency, one small thing every day for whatever your goal is and it's amazing you can look back in a few years time and go my god I've done it actually our internet's terrible sometimes I think we live in Sydney and sometimes I think we're like in a third world country it's just so bad isn't it for us it's we live at the bottom of a hill so whenever it's raining it's like the rain all goes into the bottom of the hill and wets the wires or something it's oh that's weird yeah, very strange. All righty, we are back. Um, we had some very large technical internet, goodness knows what issues. I've actually had to restart my whole computer. So we are back. Um, I'm not sure what we got up to, but um, we were talking about the children and the routines and helping in the family. And I did have a question for you. And it was, so how you did mention before, but how old your children were when you started, when you had the, you know, you went, you were going through menopause. Obviously, you said they were a little bit older. Um, so, how old were they when things really started to change for you? Yeah. So, look, they were in high school and I had hit 50. And I, I think it's one of the most difficult periods in people's life because you're running, you're trying to pay the mortgage, you're trying to, to work and bring in money, you're trying to be a good mum, you're trying to look after yourself. Um, and then the children's hormones are kicking in as they enter puberty and yours are kicking in as you come out the other end. And so there's just a lot of emotion flying around. Um, and so, but mine being that bit older, um, it meant that I could push them a wee bit harder because it was like, you know what, guys, you're old enough now to want to do more adult things well adults also have to clean the bathroom or they have to go shopping or they you know um and and working out and we did a, a timetable thing as well because obviously they're at school all day and if they had exams they had study and they had so sometimes the only time they could help me was that one evening a week that they cooked or um a sunday afternoon where they would clean the room you know so initially I started really small it was like you're doing with your daughter one small task that they just got into the the idea of doing and then the next week it would be like oh look if you could pick up the dog poo in the garden that would be great and then, <laughs> and, and another great thing is to have a vision board um of a family vision board so you can all see what you're working towards and um so I had like pictures of holidays that they wanted to go on and I was like well you know if I earned money, I, we could go on those holidays, but I need the time to look after my clients so that I can earn that money. And That's they could wild. see the reward and they'd be like, all right, well, let's leave mum to get on with this work mm-hmm. so that 
she earns this money and can take us on that holiday and that's a great one vision boards yes I'm going to do that one too and again they can be involved yes choosing what the reward is yes and they can write words like yours you could write family in the middle and then off that have streams of um, what that means and and one of them is is a vacation that you have or Mm -hmm. um what they I don't know something that you could special you're going to do at Christmas or so they'll look at it and then you just remember because one of the, the things that I do is we the brain interprets things through our five senses so it's through what we see what we hear what we touch what we feel and feel emotionally as well so if you're looking at something every day that's the vision of your holiday or your business growth or your that sends a positive message to the brain yes um, but if you're not seeing that then the self-talk if, if the eyes are not working then the, the um auditory will take over and you'll start hearing all this oh I'm no good oh this isn't working oh I'm tired oh I'm and there's nothing to counterbalance that. So you look at the picture of the holiday and you say, yeah, okay, well, maybe I am those things, but we're going to go in the holiday, so it's worth it. Or Oh, that's that's a really good idea. I love that. So I'm gonna get, I'll be getting onto that too. My daughter actually decided she wanted to get, we needed some new lounge chairs because there's a big hole. And I said, that's great, but we need the money to pay for those lounge chairs. Mm-hmm. So she started bottles up the family... Oh donation tins so she's she went and labeled them she's got one for furniture and one for I think it was extra groceries or something that she knew that something over the budget and then I've also got a thing where they have rewards so if they do all their things then at the end so she's decided she wants an extra five dollars in the grocery so she can buy things that I wouldn't normally get her so there's little things like that and they're thinking of the reward so it's uh, yeah so and you see you're almost teaching her inadvertently to be quite entrepreneurial she is very entrepreneurial she started a garage sale up I was on school the school holidays I said mum's got to work you girls just entertain yourself for an hour or two she came and said can I run a garage sale I said go for your life do what you want I'm working next minute on my calendar pops up Mila's garage sale on my (laughs) so she's got onto her google created a calendar set up marketing posts put them around the um around the neighborhood got all this toys and by the end of the day she'd made herself like 35 dollars or something that's a big at that age she sold a bike so the neighbors we know all the neighbors so they've obviously saw it and thought oh they'll come down and you know support and yeah so she's she's done all this herself within a couple of hours made herself 35 dollars she started a lemonade stand the other day and I was teaching her about she's trying to charge me for lemonade and I'm like uh no I paid for the lemons and she's like <laughs> I looks at me I said that's the cost of goods sold Miller you need to pay for them that's oh true. so you need to make sure we need to work out how much everything costs so that when you charge your lemonade you're covering the cost and you're making money oh Okay. So you're introducing the idea of profit and yes. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, hats off to you because <laughs> that is fantastic. And and you know what? It's not that you're just telling her, you're showing her because you're doing it. And that's a big thing about being a role model that mm-hmm. kids copy our behavior. And um, there's some great YouTube videos you can watch, but there was one I remember seeing and it's where this woman standing chatting with a friend and gossiping and she's smoking and the child beside her's got like a pencil in its mouth and pretending it's smoking. And then she throws the cigarette on the ground and stubs it with her foot and the child throws the pencil Mm. on the ground and stubs it. And it's just showing you that like littering and, and smoking and all those kind of habits outside the mother wasn't even aware like she was kind of pushing forward in the queue and the kid mm-hmm. was had its elbows out and was pushing and you know so they, they copy our behavior they really do my little one because I was doing yoga for a little bit I walked out once she's all of about four and I found her sitting on the coffee table in meditation pose Oh, and I was like, oh, how beautiful. Mommy, I meditate. And, and I caught her out here doing yoga once when she was about five or six, like doing oh. all the moves that she's seen me do, like yes. arms up, legs out, doing these ones. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, yeah, they watch everything. Yeah. But I want to make sure that everyone knows it's never too late. That's why I asked the, yes. how old your kids were, because I don't want people listening thinking, oh, it's all right for you, Michelle, yours are six and yeah. you yes. still have time. But you've yeah. proven that yeah. it's it's never too late. 
yeah. to change. That's a big and thing. The way that I have discovered, and I wasn't like this at the beginning, so honestly, this isn't a kind of saintly statement, but what I discovered over time was that really honest, open, quite vulnerable conversation where, because initially, I mean, teenagers, what do I need to do that for? And I'm like, you know what, guys? I just really need your help. Mm. And mm-hmm. for me to, whereas I would never have said that before, it's like, who, who asks their kids for help? Most of us go, oh, we'll never do it, they'll never. But by doing that, we also don't give them the opportunity. Yes. Um, and sometimes they would they would hit back at me about, uh, or they'd fight with each other, they'd compare, or they yeah. would have a go at me. And I would stop and I would say, don't you dare assume what's going on in my mind or that I love one more than the other, or that I don't think you're capable, or because they will, they'll reflect back and say, oh, you don't think I can da da da. Mm. And instead of saying, well, you can't because you never do, or which is would be our normal response, I'd say, don't you dare insinuate that you can even begin to imagine what's going on in my head or what I think of you. And I always brought it back to love, Michelle, and I'd be like, mm. I am the one person that loves you more than anyone else in this world. I will always be here for you and your friends can't be bothered with you anymore or when mm. and I would really and that would shock them mm. um and and they, and then they'd be like all oh, right okay sorry mum um all right let's kind of start again what do you need us to do and yeah and they're learning too like they're like little souls learning and growing so yeah. oh, that's another thing I've learned along the way is you've got to not be too hard on them because they're only they're only little they're only young or the teenagers and they're still trying to find their way and going through their emotions and learning what they've got to learn yeah. so it's it's really but but they do definitely copy like because I've been yeah and this is where it led up to when the meal are having the meltdowns because I was not coping so I was yelling and so then they were yelling at each other. And I'm I'm yelling, don't stop yelling at each other. And I'm thinking, hang on, they're only yelling like that because that's exactly what I do. Yeah. So yeah. we've got a, it's a real. And that's big of you to admit that because most of us, it's really hard to look at our own behaviour, to look, reflect a mirror and go. And that's why I can laugh a wee bit now about being a martyr and whatever. But it, but it was, it was pretty ugly at the time. Oh, yeah, I do some ugly things. But it is a mirror. Like the children are a mirror of you. And I I do know when I am looking after myself and giving myself space and time, there are like another children. Like we had, we had like the perfect morning this morning. It was textbook because I feel really good in myself and they all did their jobs and then they got free time. I don't remember the last time that happened. And I really praise them and like, you know, look what happens. You get to watch TV and who loves this morning when mummy didn't yell? And they're like, no, mummy didn't yell. I'm like, that's because you did your jobs. <laughs> it was great. I was like, pat on the back, pat on the back. I mean, it might only be one morning and the next morning could be crazy. That's great. Yeah. Every pat time. is necessary and we did celebrate. Yeah. And, you know, you, I don't usually let them go on the computer in the mornings, but I'm like, you know what? You've done your jobs. You can do what you like. If you want to go on the computer, you go on the computer. So, yeah, I mean, it's ups and downs and nobody's perfect. I don't want anyone listening to this to comparing as well because, oh, no. God, if you could see some of the ugly things in my house, there's it's certainly not perfect by any stretch. And you would, as you said, been the same. We're all just learning. And the reason I wanted to do this podcast was that just, one, to make normalise that parents lose their shit and that we're not, no one's perfect. Yeah. And um, two, just little tips that can help. Yeah parents mums and dads not just mums you're right that mums usually the ones that do a lot but so there's a lot of stay-at-home dads like that's right doing this thing as well so this could help all um so I was thinking maybe we can do like I'll go first so you have time to think but maybe um two tips each that you've learned that you've done with your children to make your life easier that someone might not have thought of that can help them um and um so my two and these are things I've just worked out along the way. The first one was um, bringing the washing in. Um, so I have mine out on like air dryers. It's a little bit easier so they can reach it out on my deck. And so when I bring the washing in now, I if they can help me, they do. But if not, I have three baskets. And as I'm pulling the washing off, I'm putting each child's thing into their basket. Mm-hmm. And so it's one, it's not double handling. And then secondly, then I pick the basket up and I put it on their bed and that I do not put their clothes away. Like they have to learn, like since they've been three or four, you know where clothes go. Sorry. And their basket might sit there for three or four days, but eventually that gets put away and it's contained in a basket. So eventually I'll 
crack down and say, no, that basket's been there for three or four days. It has to get done and there'll be, it might be a tantrum and a bit of a screaming match, but it'll get done. But I, I think that really helps one, me not double handling. You don't have washing hanging around all around the house, which does my head in and it's neat and tidy, but you're not doing it. And you, and that was one big thing, tip that I had that people may use, just a small little basket each. Yes, yes. And the other one is when they come home from school that they always have a spot where they put things. So every day when they come home from school, the routine is really strict. The bag has to go away. Lunch boxes needs to go in the sink. It has to be emptied. The water bottle goes here um, and your bags go here and shoes go away. So that the next day when we go for school, we know everything is. And they know that I'd clean the lunch boxes. So it's just a thing. And, and at most, most days there's an argument or it doesn't get done. And then again, every now and again, it all lines up and the next minute you look around and they've just, without complaining, walked in, put their stuff away. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's, it's a miracle. So it does happen. It it's does routine. happen. It's routine. It's, it's worth the effort. Expectation. Then your expectation is that they will do this and you leave them the tools to do it and then they do it. It's, mm. um, and, well, it's really funny because when you first um, said that question, I was like, oh, Something popped into my head right away, and I'm just going to say it because I say it a lot. And it's zip the lip. And for those of you that can't see me, but I'm actually pulling my, fingers lips. my lips as if I'm zipping them closed. Because I think a lot of the time when we're dealing with our children, we react. Yes. And we're reacting based on how we're feeling. And this was a big thing for me because I was feeling unhappy. Um, and it was like, and I got this from another book. The book's actually called Zip Your Lip. And it's a parent's book for teenagers. Um, and it's even, you know, give yourself five seconds <laughs> to just not react, but to choose how you're going to act. Doesn't mean that you, you step back and you don't say what you were needing to say, but instead of saying it from a place of frustration or anger or emotion, mm -hmm. you say it from a more calm, objective, direct place. Um, so zip the lip is one and it's even just you sort of do that and it's almost like an anchor to the mind to mm -hmm. calm everything down when you calm the mind down calm the emotions down and the body will react mm, that's a good one all right zip the lip and, and anchor it with the physical touch on your lips that's yeah, really good because I yeah a lot of it you fly off the handle because you're already at your wits end and then some smallest thing happened before you know what's happening this is me I'm a yeller because my mum yelled at me and that's the other thing you just mimic oh, you copy the behavior you yeah. copy what you got brought up with like yeah. we all turned out great so our parents have done a great job but yeah mum mum yelled a lot and so yeah. I just think it's normal to yell yeah. but it's not like I look at them I think no that's not normal way every now and again obviously you're going to end up raising your voice but not as a constant so zip your lip right zip your lip I'll think of you every time I do it zip your lip what's your second one and actually that's why they don't listen if you're yelling all the time to them that's just normal whereas if you um if you're normally quite calm and then you yell they're like oh my god something's wrong that puts them on alert we better listen Okay. Well, this is, that's definitely happens in my house because I, I, I'm a young mom and I don't even care. They're like, mum's yelling again. <laughs> the other one is um, there's where you've been and where you're going to, right? So say you've been at work and you're going home um, or they have been at school and they're coming to you and you haven't seen them for a few days. Mm -hmm. There's a space, there's a gap. You know, they talk about mind the gap. The gap in between and we used to have to say this to my husband. So he would um, drive home from work, get out the car, come in. The kids would run up to him. I would be one because I'd been on my own all day. I'd want to chat. And he would just be like, he'd shut his all down. Mm. And, and during conversation, he said, I need five minutes where he said, I've had people on my case all day at work. And then I come in and you guys are all on me. And mm. so we came up with this idea that for the first 15 minutes that he was home, nobody would talk to him. The dog would run and welcome him. He would go into the shower. He would change out of his suit and put on comfy clothes, take a deep breath, freshen up, whatever. And then when he came into the living room, he was calm and ready to. And one of the things he needed, so that was that he had, he was allowed that 15 minute gap between getting out of the car and coming into the living room. And the other thing was that he had to leave the day at the door. So any work issues or whatever, he had to mentally dump them at the front door and not bring them into the house. Mm -hmm. And we all do that. We all bring our, our stress and our worries and whatever. 
like your baskets, you say, mm -hmm. there's the basket for work. There's yeah. the basket for home. There's the basket for time with the kids. And if you give them that, like it, it literally would be 15 or 20 minutes, he would, I'd make a cup of tea and he tells about his day and then we'd talk about our day. And, you know, and sometimes it was things that were all wrong. That, the washing machine's not working and this and this and that. And I would tell them all the real things. Mm -hmm. And then the kids would have a go, dad, 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 whatever. Um, and then it would all be over. We'd be finished a cup of tea and then they'd go and do their homework. I'd get on with starting dinner and he'd go and read the paper or whatever it was mm -hmm. he needed to do. Mm. but just when and that came out through the family meetings where he said I hate that as soon as I'm home you're all jumping on me and want stuff and I'm exhausted mm, that's great lit the lip and mind the gap and the gap is that few minutes between before you see your kids or before you go into work because sometimes we take our family shit with us into the office or into our business mm -hmm. and it's like okay I'm going to take put put the business hat on now. I don't need to bring all of that. With yeah. Me. So yeah, also keep, yeah, keep it in baskets. So that's another link. Basket cases, aren't we? We are a bunch of basket cases. That's what motherhood does to you. Makes your basket case. <laughs> it is very much keeping things separate. That's my probably my biggest stress. And I'm, I'm actually, let's ask. We, I can talk all day about this, but we'll do one more question. So our biggest one of your biggest stress with family and business and mine is when I'm trying to be in business like full focused on my business and the kids are at me and sometimes it's nothing about much they might just be tugging at my shirt or wanting a drink or whatever it is it drives me insane and it causes me a lot of stress and I've worked out if I can just focus on work and then give them my full attention um, because if I'm half giving I'm, I'm only half and I'm feeling guilty no matter what I'm doing I'm guilty no matter if I'm working or I'm having the kids so I haven't bask basketed it <laughs> so I think <laughs> when you're at work you're in the work basket and then as you said when you give the kids the, the full attention they only need about five minutes of it and they're happy whereas otherwise they spend three four five hours getting oh, parts right. of you yeah so that's my biggest stress what's yours when it comes to Family. I think um, I'm lucky now that mine are a bit older. Mm. Um, I So I actually, it would be the opposite way for me. If I didn't have my business, I think I would be depressed. Yes. Yes. Nothing to fill that void with. Yeah. And what about when they were little? What was your biggest stress? I think that um, the, the the time thing, the same as you, is um, time and attention. Mm -hmm. Because what happens when we're going to do work is every time you're interrupted, neuroscience has shown us that it takes the brain 15 minutes to get focused again back on what you were. So if you're interrupted four times in an hour, it means you basically get nothing mm. done. It takes, oh, that makes sense. It's, I just... It's exhausting, one thing, but I finished the day. I'm like, I got nothing achieved today oh, that's right. because it's constant. Yeah. But it's, again, the communication with the kids as well. I've found that if I say, like this happens in the meetings, I need to work. This is what we did in school holidays after the meetings. I said, I need to still work and make money to pay for your groceries and all that. So if I can give you give me four hours in the morning from 9 till 12 where you can do what you want, if you want to watch TV or play or whatever, and then from 1 till the rest of the day, I'll, you'll have my full attention. Are you okay with that? Yes. You know, that means no coming in asking for food and water. You know how to get food. Like don't, mm -hmm. and, and oh, the other last thing, fighting. <laughs> Any tips on fighting? Oh, Any, yeah, no, that's, Please, yeah. Save, save me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, this is going to sound horrible, but, but one thing that really works is if you were to record their behaviour and show it to them, they'd be horrified. <laughs> <laughs> same with us I got recorded yeah. once yelling and I was like oh my goodness that's yeah terrible. because we don't often see our own behavior look I would bring it back to love again I used to say to my girls because they would fight with each other and I say how do you think it feels as a mother that the two people that you brought into the world and that you love dearly don't like each other yeah or, or can't get on and I say you're my right and left arm you so you want me to 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 it's like having one broken arm or cut one arm off or that's not how it works I need you both and you need each other mm. and try and help them to see what it is that they like about each other and and again it's it's teaching them negotiation skills 
all right, so you want to watch that programme, well, we'll watch your programme for half an hour, but then I get to choose and we watch my programme for half an hour. Or you know, it's, it's getting them to learn to communicate without emo- without that emotion, because that's what fighting is. It's like, yeah, choose how you're going to act and not react. But I mean, they're very, they're very young and, you know, that it sounds a bit glib to say that. Um, but again, if every day you're saying, come on, guys, your sisters, you love each other. Um, how can you work this out? What's what's one thing you could say to your sister that would make her feel better? What's one thing you could say to your sister or brother that would make him feel better? Mm. Yeah, it's just the bickering. It's just, I think it's part of life, really. Like it someone, is, it is. We're just all expressing, our, expressing ourselves. The the thing is, I suppose, for you to maybe have a bubble around you where you you don't let it mm, annoy you. Yeah, because them fighting with each other. I mean, I used to say to my kids, this is ridiculous. They'd be like, mum, but it's just how we roll along and how we communicate. And they, they weren't upset about it. They both just wanted their own way, but it used to really upset me and irritate mm. me. It's when they just constantly in, like you'd be working and they'll be in every five minutes. Maisie looked at me crooked and Mila's like, Mila pushed me and then that was an accident. And then oh, he's, and like, it's constant bickering, particularly when you're trying to work. Oh yeah. Um, and even sometimes when they're just out, I can hear them like fighting and I can't concentrate because of the, the noise. But yeah, I suppose if it's not affecting you, but we might talk, might bring that one up at the family meeting too, right, yeah. about fighting. That's exactly what to do. And just see how do you feel when you fight with each other and how does it look? And again, think of the, the, the senses, how, you know, because of, often when we fight with someone, yes, we get our point across, but we don't feel good afterwards. No, no, we don't. None of us do. And so we, we'd rather not go down that path. And it's a waste of energy and stuff too. And you'd say, well, you know, maybe one idea is that you, you have, right, okay, you're not allowed to shout. You have to write a message to each other. Because oh, then that's... you've got to go and find a pen and write it down. You said this, da, 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 and then you said that. And they have these wee notes going back and forward. Well, at least they're quiet. I and love it. The following week or whatever, they can get them back out and they'll laugh at it. They'll say, oh, that was so silly that we had that argument. All right, I'm doing that too. All right, so I've got a list to, to write. <laughs> write some wee notes. Yes. <laughs> I would love that. Okay, there's so much stuff there. That's That was really cool. That was really cool. I got lots out of that and I'm sure everybody yeah. else will. Yeah. So before I go into the three deep questions, um, how can people follow you? Like what's the best if they love the best thing is probably just to go on to my website it's just annemcoan.com on there I've got a free book that you can download how to take back control of your life and it's got some exercises in it I've also got a free um, mini program it's just 10 videos to watch on how to achieve anything in your life with 10 steps because the women in my group they all said but how did you turn it around and how did you make a business out of it and I had to go back and think because it was so gradual but then I kind of put in steps of where I saw the things that were beneficial that led me to where I am. Yeah. So that's just a wee mini thing that, that's for free as well. And I also give a 30 minutes free discovery session. If anybody's feeling really lost and they're just not sure where to go and I'll have a chat with them. And if I'm not the right person, I'll hand them on to somebody yeah. there. Yeah, that's beautiful. Lovely. So make sure you jump on her website and have a look. Are you on social media as well? Or you- I am. I'm on Facebook. LinkedIn, Instagram, yeah, all Anne McEwen coach or to empower. Um, yep. there's both number two, number M powered. That's funny because there's number two in our our business name too. I know. Well, that was another thing we had in common, wasn't it? Yes, so much in common. It's crazy. Okay, so we're going to get to the deep questions. So we didn't really talk about belief systems. Sometimes these interviews can be quite spiritual, but there's no rules around it. I loved our chats. That was great. But we do have three deep questions at the end. Um, There's no right or wrong answers. They're pretty big ones. So the first one is, uh, what is a soul to you? What, in your words, is a soul? I think it's the essence of a person. Yes. Um, I think your soul is when you take away the mind and the body. (laughs) Um, it's, It's what's left soul and spirit I suppose um, mm, that's beautiful I think your soul is your most yeah your most the most beautiful part of who you are and yet it's the part that we can't see I know and we don't connect in with enough too I find yeah. it's there and 
yeah, often gets forgotten mm. because of life. Mm. So what happens after you die is the second question. Uh, I was brought up Catholic. Um, I'm not really a practising Catholic now, but um, I always had the, the sort of uh, you go to heaven and yep. <laughs> I actually, I like that idea. Obviously, I don't know whether it's true or not, but I like the idea that when I'm dying, I'm, my soul is reunited with my family, my parents. Yeah. Um, I do believe in God. Yeah. Um, I believe that, I do believe in trying to have heaven on earth. Like I think, I actually had a Jehovah Witness come to the door the other day and he said to me, do you think people can be happy in this life? And I said, yes, absolutely. And he looked really shocked and, he, and, and uh, it was because so, he wanted, he wanted to talk about the afterlife and, and the, and the, the righteous will inherit and, and all that. And I said to him, even that language about being righteous, I, to me, I bring everything back to love. I just think if we can love ourselves and love others and love God, Yep. Um, then that's where we begin to find peace. Yes. Oh, that's a beautiful statement. Bring it all back to love and we can find peace. Mm. That's spot on. Inner yeah. peace and family peace and world peace. <laughs> yeah, all peace. Bring it yeah. back to love, back to the heart. That's yeah. lovely. And the last question is, what do you know for sure? <sighs> what do I know for sure? Um well, I, the, you know, the first thing that pops into my head is that I love my girls. I know for sure that I absolutely love my girls. Isn't that funny that that was the first thing that mm. I think one of our problems in life is that we we really seek um, certainty. Mm. And it's the one thing that we don't have. <laughs> we <all laughs> wish we had a crystal ball, but we don't. And that's where there's such a risk in becoming a mum. There's a risk in becoming a business owner. There's a risk in loving someone else as a risk even in loving ourselves or or looking at our faults or um so I don't know that maybe that God loves me is something I probably know for sure or feel for sure um but yeah I actually think it's easier to live with uncertainty and letting go mm. um, because yeah. I think if you are more flexible then we can deal with challenges and blocks and barriers yep. and whereas if we're certain about something or we know this for sure and then it ends up to not be I mean I used to know for sure that Santa was real and then discovered he's not so <laughs> it is true like yeah it makes sense because if you're if you're uncertain you're malleable you're flexible which makes resilience and if you're too certain then it's that's when you get into the control which I think some of my issues not think, I know, a lot of, most of my issues are from control. I need to feel in control. Like oh, we've all, we, we've all. All the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do you know what's beautiful is. about you, Michelle, that you openly say that and by openly sharing that, you know, it's a bit like me saying, oh, I used to be a martyr and stuff like that. So many women giggle when I say that and then they'll go, oh my God, I used to be like that too. Mm. But when I was going through it, I thought I was the only one. No. And that's the heartache is that, I thought, what is wrong with me that I've got this lovely family? We live in a nice area and a beautiful house. Why am I so freaking unhappy? I, I feel guilty. I felt selfish. I felt, mm -hmm. and then I, I was so hard on myself. And then when I started to be honest about my struggles and all these other women coming to my meetup were like, we feel like that too. I was like, it was a relief. <laughs> yes, there's more of us out there. There's more control freaks. There's more martyrs. There's more Cinderella's that have had enough. Yeah, I love. I'm gonna. We usually pick a snippet to to market the the uh, podcast, and I'm gonna choose that. As soon as oh. you said, I was like, oh yeah, people need to hear that. Cinderella, and I was. I'm ready. I need. She wants to go to the ball. She's over this cooking and cleaning business, and it it shouldn't be her job. So I love that. There's another way, and yeah, and none of us are perfect. We're all just doing the best we can, and. Yeah, there needs to be more open discussions around it. Yeah. So you're based in Sydney, are you? I heard you say. Excellent. All right. So uh, if anybody is in Sydney, do you do physical uh, events down there? 
Uh, look, most of my stuff's online now. Um, even though most of my coaching's online now too. I do I do group coaching and I do individual coaching. But if you girls are coming to Sydney on a national oh, tour, I'm actually going to chat to you there. I will be there and I will get my crowd. Yes, that's so funny. I was going to chat to you about that. So we'll finish off the podcast and then we'll chat about Sydney. So thank you so much for joining me. Sorry about the tech issues, but that's just, yep, can't control anything. So let's just go with the flow. We'll we'll patch it up in the middle and no one will know the difference. Well, probably. Um, but yeah, all the tips and tricks that we talked about, I think is going to help a lot of people. So I really appreciate you jumping on this morning and giving me your time. Oh, it's been and, wonderful. Yeah. I really appreciate the invitation. It's just a, such a beautiful connection. And I'm just what you and I are doing is so important. And um, I'm, yeah, very proud of both of you. I think you're doing awesome oh, work. Thank you. If you have enjoyed this podcast and want to know more, I personally invite you to dip your toes into our business. My sister and I have created an amazing bundle that allows you to taste test what we both have to offer. Get in close proximity, feel the magic for yourself and see what our extended family tribe love about those two sisters. To get all the taste tester deets, head over to www.thosetwosisters.com forward slash taste tester. See you there.